It's estimated that over half of the U.S. workforce will need to be reskilled by 2025, and workers of color are disproportionately impacted by the skill gap. So we're working to help people advance their careers by making digital skills accessible. Uh, today, we've helped nearly 170,000 Americans get new jobs and increase their income through digital skills training. And as we mentioned, just the availability and accessibility into underserved communities, we think is just really going to be the continued game changer in, again, both building cyber awareness at younger and younger age groups is getting out into those communities that wouldn't naturally have this involvement. Hello, and welcome back to the Defenders Advantage podcast skills gap series, where we focus on ideas and initiatives to narrow the skills gap in cybersecurity. Recent data shows that there are over 700,000 cybersecurity jobs that are unfilled in the U.S. alone, and global estimates show this number is upwards of 3 million. Today, we face a crisis of cyber mobilization to meet that demand, a mobilization the likes of which we haven't seen since the global deployment for World War II. And once again, we face global threats that require a joint effort to combat. I'm your host, Kevin Bordelame, and today we will dive into ways to bridge these skills gap in cybersecurity together. Joining me in today's panel are Barbara Massa, Executive Vice President and Chief of Business Operations at Mandiant, and Margaret Clark, Director of HR at Google Cloud. Barbara, if you would tell our audience you know, a little bit about yourself. Great. Thanks, Kevin. I've had the great fortune to have a little bit north of 30-year career, largely focused in enterprise software and technology, and for the last 15 years or so, particularly in the field of cybersecurity, and have had the extra great fortune to lead organizations across people and places and IT and security over the last few years in particular, and happy to have Mandy and be part of Google Cloud at this point that we're recording this podcast. Great. And Margaret? Hi, Kevin. Uh, So yes, thank you. I'm Margaret Clark, the HR leader for our cloud security organization. And I've spent uh, about the past 20 years of my career in HR, focusing on all things talent, culture, workforce planning, org design. I've had the privilege of spending most of my career in HR partnering roles. So working very closely in the business, uh, specifically with tech organizations, and most recently within the cyber world, which is as we know and we'll speak about today, is a very niche skill set. Um, and so it's provided me with a lot of really interesting and exciting opportunities of how we can make sure we're, we're attracting and retaining the world's best talent in this space. Excellent. Thank you both for joining us today. We'll jump right into the questions here. So what are Manning and Google doing to help serve the broader good and break down barriers for society? Yeah, great question, Kevin. So, you know, I think one of the important parts as cybersecurity experts and and subject matter experts in this field, number one is content creation and providing and making available that subject matter expertise to kind of the world and and industry. You know, as a leader in cyber, Mandiant continues to create and make content for practitioners and organizations available through trade show publications such as the Defender's Advantage. Um, It received the market leader in cybersecurity book at at RSA through our very active blogging efforts, webinars, you know, speaking engagements at conferences. A couple of the specifics that I'll touch on are information seminars with the likes of Miss Technologies, uh, Girls Security, working with other similar groups. We have a robust Mandiant Gives Back program 
few notable areas here, you know, over 280,000 in educational grants have been awarded, um, very important across the public and private sector partnerships, a notable one there being the Thurgood Marshall College Fund, providing scholarships and financial assistance to students attending historically black colleges and universities, studying cyber or other related fields. Victim notifications, we performed over 2,500 notifications last year. Uh, eight free cyber defense training courses, Mandiant believes in, in making that training available uh, in many cases for free, which is available on our website. Another key program, partnering with DOD SkillBridge. Uh, this is an organization that Mandiant hires talent from whereby they assist transitioning military service and taking the next steps in their career. MYs, our annual conference, uh, we host the Naval Academy and, and midshipmen and midshipwomen each year. And I'll speak a little bit more about this, but participating in the White House Cyber Education Summit led by ONCD, which is the Office of the National Cyber Director. And we'll talk a little bit more about that in, a, a little further on in the podcast. So those would be some key areas that I would highlight. Thanks, Barbara, for that. That is a great synopsis of, of Mandiant's impact, and I love how it's so targeted in the cybersecurity space. Google's impact goes a bit broader, and I'll, I'll speak a little bit about Google.org, which is part of Google that really helps to bring the best of Google to support our underserved communities. Um, and we do this through a combination of funding, innovation, and leveraging our technical expertise. One specific cyber example that we have is Project Shield. This is a free service that uses Google technology to protect news sites and freedom of speech on the web. So this was actually created by Google Cloud, and is, which is where kind of the Mandiant organization sits. And it provides free unlimited protection against DDoS attacks. This is a type of a digital attack used to censor information by taking websites offline. Um, so if a website's targeted by a DDoS attack, our servers will block attacking traffic to keep the websites up and running. It's available for news, human rights, or election monitoring organizations and individual journalists, and it's a free service. So the, the Google.org, you know, you can learn more about it online, and, and its impact is quite broad, leveraging from using our AI capabilities to healthcare and even helping the environment. One specific example of helping the environment is um, a new product called Environmental Insights Explorer, or EIE for short, which basically, you know, helps cities evaluate their global emissions. So cities are now accounting for more than 70% of global emissions, and it's critical that they're supported in their efforts to reduce this. So tools like Google's EIE makes it easier to measure, plan, and even reduce carbon emissions by using our data sources and modeling capabilities. And, they, and again, this is another free service that we're offering cities, and I think we have over 100 now that are leveraging this. So those are just some quick examples of, of you know, Google.org and our, and our broader impact. Fantastic. Now, Barbara, you mentioned your opportunity to recently attend the White House Summit focused on the cybersecurity talent gap. What are the takeaways for how organizations should think differently about addressing the talent shortage? Yeah, thank you, Kevin. Uh, we had the great honor of attending the Cybersecurity Summit, as you mentioned, at the White House this summer. And, you know, one key area, and I'll touch on a, a number of others, but it was around the notion of finding and executing increased pathways. And what do I mean by that? This is 
you know, utilizing perhaps some of the more non-traditional educational institutions, uh, trade schools, apprenticeships, community colleges, regional technical colleges that oftentimes um, are overlooked um, by, I think, maybe larger enterprise organizations. And these can provide tremendous skill-based pathways into a career in cyber and also allows underserved and diverse communities, again, women, people of color who've long been underrepresented in the field, and industry leaders are really working to make the field more welcoming to other backgrounds. Um, You know, oftentimes, you know, a person in an underserved community just won't even have the ability to attend a four-year college or have that financial wherewithal to reach a, a four-year degreed university. Uh, Mandian has seen tremendous success working with community and regional technical colleges, and that was a really big focus of the, the summit and the aggregation of, of both kind of the public and, and private government um, agencies that were there. The other aspect was investing in educational institutions to ensure that workers are trained to succeed and and stay secure in a digital economy, regardless of whether or not they work in cybersecurity or other fields. So while certainly more cyber practitioners are badly needed, um, uh, we know a massive part of any organization's attack surface comes from the actions and decisions of their non-cyber employees, who can often upend millions of dollars in cybersecurity spending just by clicking on malicious links. Um, Certainly another aspect was partnering with the likes of ThriveDX as one example, who created a first of its kind cyber talent hub for education and industry. And the core mission is again, to reach those underserved populations who, again, I spoke about not having access to higher education or four-year degree programs, or quite simply didn't think that they would be, you know, qualified or capable of performing in cyber. So, you know, their efforts apply to reskilling, upskilling um, existing workforces, you know, by some estimates, 54% of people are going to need to either reskill or upskill in the years to come, just given the, the pace of evolution in our digital world. You know, one area that Mandian has seen great success at which again was talked quite a bit about by other both practitioners in industry as well as in kind of the state and local and, and federal representation at the summit was the notion that careers in cyber can also often come from non-technical backgrounds. You know, things like journalism, things like accounting, things like, you know, business systems or operations. And oftentimes, you know, people think, well, gosh, I have to know how to code for a career in cyber. And And, you know, yes, there are absolutely highly technical needs in our cybersecurity world, but thinking differently was a common theme of the summit across, again, both enterprise industry software technology um, and into the government at both the state, local and, and federal arenas that were represented. So kind of a joint commitment to really think differently about those required backgrounds, both from an access to the pathways, as well as um, reaching out and actively recruiting and you know getting to folks who may have backgrounds in other non-traditional aspects of their, their training and, uh, and educational backgrounds. Yes, we certainly will not forget the human resources and recruiters who also get those opportunities to work in cyber. And uh, marketing, obviously, Google's also been very active in increasing opportunities for underserved and diverse communities. Can you tell us a little more about some of those initiatives? 
Yeah, for sure. This is actually a really big focus for Google and the amount of initiatives are quite vast and you can find out more by just Googling uh, our belonging site. But today I'll, I'll speak specifically to how we're focused on racial equity, which is how we look at tackling systemic barriers. So we do that in a few different ways. First, uh, we look at, you know, internally and look at ourselves and what is the representation of our own workforce? And how are we educating Google employees to be better allies? How are we creating a, a culture of belonging? So we do a lot of work internally and, and you can learn more about this through our annual diversity report. Um, the second is in our products and how we're making our products be more inclusive. So whether it's, you know, the cameras on pix pixel phones and making sure that technology is able to you know, pick up people with darker skin tones and make their pictures feel like they're, you know, accurately how they accurately want to be seen in photos. Um, another another way we make our products more inclusive is live transcribe, which is a feature designed for Android and it's powered by Google's speech recognition software and it generates live captions for your voice in over 70 different languages and dialects. And this just really you know, helps our deaf community be able to communicate um, and, you know, communicate across regions because of the translation capabilities. And the third is, uh, you know, at a society level, we look at a couple of different areas, you know, how do we create economic opportunities, especially for small businesses and small businesses who are, you know, run within our underserved communities um, and skill training. And so, you know, Barbara spoke a little bit about this and the importance of skill training, but helping people develop those digital skills to grow their careers. It's estimated that over half of the U.S. workforce will need to be reskilled by 2025 and workers of color are disproportionately impacted by the skill gap. So we're working to help people advance their careers by making digital skills accessible uh, to date, we've helped nearly 170,000 Americans get new jobs and increase their income through digital skills training. So a couple of examples we have here are Code Next, which is a program for high school students that where we actually meet Black, Latinx, and Native high school students in their own communities so it's more accessible to them um, and provide skills and inspiration for students who can you know, develop those careers in computer science. Another program we have is CS First, which is a, a free computer science curriculum that makes coding fun and it's targeted to kind of, you know, fourth to eighth graders, um, but just really starts to get them interested in that coding space. Excellent. And obviously, there's so many great initiatives and partnerships out there. We, we'd love to talk about all of them, but I know some ones that are, you know, at heart for both of you. We could talk a little more you know, about those new initiatives and partnerships that are really helping to educate those that are interested in technology. Yeah, it's a wonderful area to explore a little more deeply here. So, you know, I, I touched on partnerships with the likes of Thrive DX and um, our continued efforts with Mandiant Gives Back and our very robust Mandiant Academy. But I'll talk about one more focus area, which is internally referred to as Bring Her Back. And we first piloted this program in our India operations. And I think it's probably known to, to many that women have left the workforce ever more during the pandemic. Um, some figures just absolutely eye-popping and eye-popping not in a good way. Um, put those estimates at north of, you know, 2 million women were driven out of the workforce during the pandemic. Far higher rates than men, um, as we know, oftentimes to take on childcare or elder care duties. And what we found is that there's a terrific talent pool 
either who wish to re-enter the workforce, but found it difficult due to gaps on their resume. People just weren't willing to look at their backgrounds or that they simply needed a, a more flexible schedule or hours to perform the work. Um, and they also needed a little bit more help, you know, and, and a bit of a buddy on the inside um, to kind of re-navigate and, and reintroduce themselves into the workforce. And what we found is that these were quite easy to solve for in working with the business. And We've hired quite a number of uh, women and have explored ongoing ways to get this program more broadly adopted across the globe at Mandian. Um, so I think, you know, the encouragement here is to companies or institutions that haven't yet explored a program like this to do so. We, again, did this across cyber careers as well as in engineering careers and with some just some small tweaks to scheduling and a really intentional recruitment outreach, specifically looking for, you know, these talented women to re-enter, um, oftentimes just needed the encouragement to do so. And we're really very interested in returning to the workforce. So we plan on further expanding this across the globe uh, in the year and, and years to come. That's great to hear. And, and I know Google has a, a big focus on this as well. And I'll speak a little bit more about some of the, um, the coding initiatives we have that I referenced in the, in the last question. But Code with Google's goal is to make sure that everyone has access to collaborative coding technical, technical skills and um, how figuring out how we can unlock opportunities in the classroom and beyond. And that's, I think, you know, we really target those you know, high school or middle school age children, when we think about how can we, you know, the answer to your question, Kevin, of how can we start educating those and get them more interested in technology? I think we really look at the problem being very much, you know, at that more school level age and, and getting that education into the schools and looking at really how we get those future generations more interested in technology. So CS First, as I mentioned earlier, is a cost-free computer science curriculum basically that anyone can teach. It's designed for students who are ages 9 to 14. And it's, you know, a very easy kind of collaborative concept. Educators lead the way with easy to use lesson plans, tutorials, activities. So we can just basically put these in the hands of teachers um, and they can use them in their classroom. Another initiative is the Computer Science Summer Intensive. And this is a three-week introduction to computer science for graduating high school seniors. Um, who are seeking to be, you know, in the innovators of tomorrow, especially those from historically underrepresented groups in the field. We have targeted programs in that area as well. Um, and this is an intensive, interactive, hand, hands-on and fun program that's, that supports the study of computer science, software engineering, and any other closely related subjects such as cyber. So we do kind of deep dives into, into specific technical spaces as well. Excellent. And certainly, you know, when it comes to helping schools, you know, it can't be limited just to Mania and Google. It really does take a global effort. You know, how can organizations help those schools really build cyber awareness with students at a younger age? Yeah, I, I think, you know, there's a number of things that organizations can do. You've heard Margaret touch on a number of these. I think Google has done just some amazing work in this area and continues to do so. You know, providing those experienced industry instructors for classrooms 
is just vitally important. You know, there's subject matter expertise. It's the pay it forward, right? You know, in developing the next generation and to really hook the interest of students at these younger age groups, um, you know, providing that industry expertise and, and going into classrooms, going into community colleges. Um, you know, it's it's these experts that are in the fields today that love their jobs and love the mission orientation of a career in, in cyber that I think can really hook the the interest of a young mind. So I think that's certainly something really important for organizations to continue to do. Continued community engagement, you know, offering cyber and other technology camps, um, capture the flag initiatives, you know, we hear about them and they can be really highly technical, but you can really make them quite a bit more simplistic and, you know, almost the uh, entry to capture the flag like competitions that again, the whole idea here is to, you know, hook the young minds and get them really interested in this world of cyber and technology. So that grade school and middle school community engagement is is ever more important, we're finding. Certifications and cyber badges, things of of that nature are really, really uh, great opportunities to explore and and continue to invest in. You know, local security conferences. One great example is B-Sides in Washington, D.C., which runs a, a Crypt Kids session uh, for cyber activities for kids. Um, I, Margaret can talk a little bit more about this, but, you know, Google Tech Exchange, you know, boot camps, things like doing mock interviews, providing that mentorship in those earlier grades. And as we mentioned, you know, just the availability and accessibility into, you know, underserved communities, we think is um, just really going to be the continued game changer um, in, again, both building cyber awareness at younger and younger age groups is getting out into those communities that wouldn't naturally have this involvement. So those would be some areas that I would highlight. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot of today about the targeted programs we have, you know, for for training skills or, or uh, helping people become more aware about the cybersecurity space. I think it's also good to think through, like, how can we just make sure like this next generation, all of them are good cyber citizens, you know, and understand the risk and uh, one one organization we partner with is called Newswise, which is a news literacy program. So it really aims to help school age children uh, develop those tools and skills to filter accurate information online, you know, and what's real news and what isn't. Um, and so I think it's, you know, organizations like Google, you know, have the resources and means to, you know, not only be thinking about how do we develop CS skills and students and how do we, you know, get people interested in cybersecurity careers, but also just how do we ensure, you know, all students are, are have, have these, you know, base level of, of skills and these good cyber citizen skills and really understand how to use the internet. It's a very power, powerful tool. And, you know, Google gives people access to a lot of data. And so how do we make sure that next generation is really trained on how to use that data responsibly? It's never too early to start in cyber. My two-year-old will attest to that as she breaks into my phone daily. So really obviously want to make sure we're expanding those ideas and keeping the general populace aware of the opportunities that are out there. Margaret, Barbara, really thank you both so much today for joining us. Uh, We love to obviously talk all day, but we know it's the end of the year for you. So really thank you both for your insight today. As always, you know, we encourage everyone listening to share out this podcast to their networks and, of course, continue the discussion via their own experiences. Let's work together to create more awareness and opportunities in cyber for anyone who is interested. 
Be sure to join us again next month for our next Skills Gap session and make sure to check out our other Manning Defenders Advanced podcast episodes as well. Thank you.